And welcome back to the podcast. This is Tweester. And I'm Clockwork. And we're going to do part three of the Hiking the AT series. Now, if you haven't listened to any of the series, you'd be doing yourself a great disservice to just start on part three. What are you thinking? Go back, listen to part one, then go listen to part two, and then you can catch up with us. But uh, where we are now, if I remember correctly, where we left off, um, we you were kind of going in and out of Pennsylvania and Maryland, I believe. Does that sound right? That's right. Okay. All right. So where would you like to start? Uh, I guess we'll start with some of the people I met in Pennsylvania. Perfect. Because on the last episode, we did start talking about that you were meeting more people that you were actually spending time with and getting to know. Right. And I think that's really going to take uh, a much larger shape in this part of the podcast, uh, where at the end I start to join a lot more groups of people and I, become a lot more social. I dig it. Before we get there then, since this is going to be a long journey, can I ask a couple of weird questions that I didn't think to ask before? Just to get them out of the way, just trail stuff. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Did you encounter any thieves on the trail? Were there trail thieves? I personally did not encounter any thieves. I heard very few stories of that that I were so of not such great importance that I don't really remember them. Mm -hmm. But personally, I had lots of experiences of people actually just being nice and returning things that were lost, either leaving them at hostels or, for example, I had, uh, I believe in Pennsylvania, I had left my trekking poles on a trailhead waiting for a ride into town. And uh, we were staying at a hostel in town, and there was also a shelter you could stay at for free. Some of the people staying at the shelter brought me my trekking poles. And I think this happened with my boots as well later on. Boots and trekking poles? Yeah, I know separate that, situations. I know the boots aren't cheap. <clears throat> Are trekking poles cheap? Are they expensive? They run about 100 bucks. Okay, give or so take. definitely stealable if someone wanted to. Right, yeah. And boots, I don't know, 150 I don't think you'd yeah. want them, though. So it's, it seems to be, like, quite the opposite, then. Like, it's not people stealing. It's people, oh, hey, man, you lost this, or you left this behind. Yeah, I think... I think most of the people on the trail and the people helping maintain or run hostels are all uh, part of this just like paying it forward process, which was a big theme that I run into in, especially in New Hampshire, where uh, they've had friends or they themselves had hiked and the idea of when you're done paying it forward to other people and helping them. Hmm. So definitely no thievery. If Pretty good culture then. I got another question. Did you ever see, we do have an advantage as men when it comes to the trail. Because while we have to squat and poop, we do not when it comes to peeing. We can do it super fast and be moving, right? Did you ever see any women using those, uh, those contraptions that you, can, that you can use to like pee standing up? I was never lucky enough to see them use it directly. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we're aware of it. I guess was better. Better words were. To, were you aware of it at any point, or was someone ever like, "Yeah, I use mine all the time." I never saw anybody like standing on a trail leaning against a tree with a shiwi. But at the beginning, shiwi. That's the shiwi. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the trail, I actually saw when people were doing like shakedowns with gear. Which is where, like, experts who had done it before would kind of tell you at Outfitters, like, hey, you don't need this stuff. Um, and they do it before if you did the approach trail. 
to uh, in Georgia. And so I saw a bunch of shiwis that people had very trashily, uh, I guess in a trashy way, just thrown out their shiwis. I saw like three or four in the woods. Like they just tossed them into the woods and like, fuck this. Yeah, I think they didn't want to carry it and they didn't want to, one, because of the weight and two, because it's gross. Like it's different if you're going to carry like a poop shovel, you're really just getting dirt on it. But with a shiwi... I mean, constantly you're... peeing into it. Yeah. I, yeah. If you carried it through the entire trail, what must it look like at the end or smell like or disgusting? Yeah. Moldy pee. Wait, well, surely it wouldn't get moldy, right? Cause there's like uh, some ammonia and piss or something. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah. But it'd still be gross. <laughs> yeah, it'd be disgusting. <laughs> Just cause mold's not there. There's other ways to be gross. Okay, so the Shiwis, it seems that people, some people got them, but they realized they were a bad idea, and they're just like, fuck this. Yeah, I think it's more for, like, glamour camping. Like, if you're going out of your car, and you want to camp somewhere, and you want to bring a Shiwi with you, like, great. I mean, go for it. You can just put it back in your car or in a plastic bag, but... This reminds yeah. me, did you, uh, did you ever see the infomercials a long time ago for a something that looks like a golf club, but it actually holds your piss... <laughs> <laughs> what? <No. laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. Then. So it looks like a golf club, right? <laughs> but it's for you to discreetly take a piss on the course, on the golf course, if you didn't want to like stop where you were and drive all the way back to go use the bathroom somewhere. Uh -huh. So you really, you literally just pull this golf club out, and it sits with all the rest of your golf clubs, and you just take the tap off, the top off. And you just kind of, like, turn, and you just, like, start pissing in it. <laughs> but you have to then, like, you know, cap it, and then, I guess, hold on to it until you get somewhere where you can dump it. That's wild. I've Instead never Instead of just heard dumping of it on the green like an asshole. They should do that with, like, trekking poles. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, golf is one of the few sports where they thought, like, yeah, the people, the kind of people that play it are the ones that might, like, piss themselves on the course. That's wild. Yeah. You'll have to do a podcast on weird golf I stuff. also wondered if, like, in NASCAR, because they're driving for so long, I wondered if, like, they have... I've heard people say it before, but I've never heard confirmation that, like, some people have, like, put on a, a bag to, uh -huh. pee, to pee in. I'm they sure it's like the bag a, the whole time. No, because they're drinking water the whole time too. Dude, it's probably a bottle of beer, <laughs> like Bush Light or something. <laughs> they're peeing in a bottle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for the guy who's coming in last because he's also <laughs> drinking, but there. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Back to it. Uh, so yeah, yeah, those were the two questions I had about thieves and you know, and the shiwi. Back to back to the uh, meeting new people. After you're leaving Pennsylvania and Maryland, I think. Right. So, like I said, I ran back into the Trailer Park Boys at that point. Trailer they, Park Boys! Yeah! Yee. Wait, um, can you uh, refresh us on their names? Yeah, so that was uh, Zoltan, Babyface, and Greasy Fucking Caveman. Zoltan, Babyface, and Greasy Fucking Caveman. And eventually they added Roto to their group as well, short for Rhododendron, who was a cool guy. Okay. Roto. We'll see in a little bit. Okay. Um, but... The other groups that I ran into, uh, some were good, some were bad. Uh, one of the worst groups, and I like all the people personally, but it's like one of those things where you get a bunch of people together who are, in fact, degenerates, which were their names. Uh, that was their group name. The degenerates? Uh, the degenerates. Okay. When you get a bunch of degenerates together, it just becomes annoying well, and obnoxious. It, it degenerates <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and so i ran into them and another group called the horde the uh the northbound horde i believe awesome and nerd name they had like 20 plus people in their group so i had to have they really them. were a horde holy shit yeah 
like there were rumors that they were coming up upon us because they were all very athletic and very party oriented. Oh, so you felt like they were going to like absorb, try to absorb you into their party and then you just lose so many days. That's how they did it. And also they would go into a town and take up the entire hostel and you wouldn't be able to stay. That sucks for everybody else. Yeah. So I didn't want to really leapfrog with either of these groups um, just because space and annoyance. Yeah. Yeah, you want to. You're still keeping it, you know, peaceful and uh, happy. And uh, when we last left off, like you were doing some serious miles. Like your head was in the game. Yeah, and uh, I think coming up too, I did. You know, after my injury, probably the most since I did another like 27 mile day. So I've been going Damn. like <laughs> 20 plus pretty easily. And the back know. was still okay at this point. It was. Uh, I hit that lapse in Pennsylvania, as I said, and as soon as I started my regiment of kind of like mini workouts, uh, I felt so much better until after the trail, which we can talk about. Okay. Okay. So you're avoiding the horde and you met up with the degenerates. Yeah. And so like one shelter, I met up with them in the rain and it was like coming down and I was, I was going to stay there. I hadn't seen them. I ran across them in actually Virginia or Tennessee mm -hmm. and I was not a fan of them. Uh, so I didn't talk to them. I didn't really stay with them. And then I stayed in a shelter with them, uh, I want to say it was in Pennsylvania, or it may have been New Jersey, into the crossover. Um, but one of the girls came screaming into the shelter, like, oh my god, I, I haven't seen you guys in so long! And then she was just yelling, like, fuck, 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 like, into the woods, like, really loud, piercing. I'm, like, sitting there playing cards with another person, and as soon as all this happens... <laughs> Like, within 30 minutes, I was like, I think I'm going to go to the next shelter. <laughs> and I hiked another, like, 10 miles at the end of my day to not be near them. Do you think that maybe some people uh, started to get weird halfway through uh, just because of, like, the loneliness that sets in from hitting the trail? I, you know, being secluded away from people that you know? I think that probably happened to an extent, but I'd say more so just people got really comfortable. Like, you hike with somebody for thousands mm -hmm. of miles where, like, social rules are breaking down in the woods. Like, you don't have to do the things that you do in normal life. And it's like you're in middle school again, and no one's watching you or, like, keeping you under control. So you just do what you want. It's like chaos. Yeah. I, uh... I actually have a small story to tell, I know, believe it or not, about the trail, even though I didn't hike it or I've never tried to hike it or anything. Oh, okay. <clears throat> There's another person whose name I won't say, right? But uh, this is after you hiked it, and I found out they were going to hike it. And it's not like a friend of ours. It's just someone that I know of by proxy of someone else. Right? Sure. So they're going to hike it, and they kind of did what a Woken Ghost was doing, where they were doing a blog about it. And oh. it wasn't a video blog, but they were blogging. Mm -hmm. They put up this whole website and everything. They made a fucking website for it. Cool. And it was like, so-and-so hikes the AT. So out of curiosity, I, I go to look at the blog. And I read day two. And it said, the loneliness sets in. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like I didn't... I. I didn't really know what to expect. I knew I would get lonely on the trail, but I didn't think it would happen so soon as I am completely cut off from all family and friends and I'm just out here in the woods alone with my thoughts and, you know, no one around. It seems like this part's getting really hard mentally already. <clears throat> so, 
Uh, I checked again. I saw that and I was like, Jesus Christ, are you going to make it? It's an early tribulation. <laughs> yeah. And I checked again a week later and there were no new blog posts. And I was like, okay. And then I checked again a week after that mm. and the whole thing was taken down. Any oh, trace gosh. that they had attempted the AT, they attempted to just completely erase from the internet. And I was like, but I already know. <laughs> Twice the pride, <laughs> double the fall. That's right. But, eh, teach his or her own. I mean, you tried. It's no shame, honestly. Yeah, you tried. But it just goes back to what you said way back in the first one. Mm. Don't do early victory laps. Yeah, it's a like a marathon mentality. But that also made me think that, like, I don't know, maybe... Maybe it does. Maybe people go out into the woods and then some people, they're just, if they haven't talked to anyone in a few days, they just start breaking down. Mm -hmm. I could see that. I, I think, too, maybe uh, your social dependence, how outgoing you are, or reliance on, like, feeling plugged in at all times mm -hmm. can definitely get to you, I'm sure. Yeah, you gotta get over that hump and used to get used to it. Yeah, like, instead of, you know, getting on social media for three hours and calling your friends every chance you get <laughs> yeah right. you can't do that all right so back to what you were saying you yes, forgot didn't you I did. <laughs> yeah it's okay it's uh, you were talking about how you said fuck this i'm gonna hike another 10 miles because i don't want to be at this hostel with them because they're going to be annoying yeah so i did just that and i left them and uh yeah i stayed alone with like one other person and it was really peaceful and uh here I kind of started to find my flow a little bit of like the exact opposite of the person that you were talking to. I remember uh, this person rolled into my shelter at that point and uh, I was just sitting there like quietly kind of listening to the rain and the breeze was nice because it was warm mm -hmm. at this point and I was not in any rush to be done, right? Because you hit this point where you're like, man, I'm not even halfway there. And then once you're over the the peak and you're like, uh, you're almost done or over halfway, it starts to become a victory lap to an extent, as we'll see. Maybe you start getting like rose colored glasses. You're like, man, I'm going to miss this place. I should enjoy it. Yeah, I start to get that a lot. The closer I get to Maine, uh, I slow down a lot more. Okay. So you were hanging out in a shelter instead of the hostel? Yeah, I was in a shelter at that point. I don't know if I said I saw them in a hostel. I didn't, did I? Yeah, you said you you were in a hostel, and that's when a girl was yelling, and it was the degenerates, I think, that were coming in. Again. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I just meant a, a hut, like a little shelter. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, and you're like, I'll go to the next one. Yeah, I hiked another <laughs> 10 miles to get away from that. Was there anyone in that one? Uh, there wasn't, but initially one person came, and... I think this is a good segue into a new topic. It was a girl, and I was alone with just her. And uh, luckily, you know, I have the pleasure of being a white male personally. And not the pleasure, but I guess the advantage, rather. Mm -hmm. And I don't really have to worry about being targeted for, like, hate crimes or for guys going after me. And so here I definitely experienced my first... Uh, idea that that we'll see that comes up in this episode of uh girls having to worry about like just the presence of guys and it was blatantly obvious to me that uh even though we were very nice to one another uh she was aware that like that just... no one else was around and it was just you two yes yeah, yeah. 
Like, that awareness can never... Like, the guard can't come down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I slept in a shelter, and she got, like... The shelter was huge. Mm -hmm. And she got a tent and slept, like, far away. (laughs) So I was like, okay. Like, we're just being friendly. But... Yeah. Okay. Uh, And this person... Is this someone that you would see again? Uh, Nope. She was really fast. And uh, she was, again, kind of like Zoomy. I referenced in my first episode... This girl, she actually broke her shoes and bought a pair of Crocs. And she'd been hiking in Crocs and passing me in Crocs. Fuck. She was like, usually I do like 30 mile days every day. And I was like, what the fuck? At what the end of it, on? they're going to be like, what do you remember from the trail? And she's like, uh, a blur of trees. I walked really fast and I looked at my feet. And then I made it. Oh. Uh, yeah, that you did it. That's all there is to experience. You win. Yeah. So, what what happens after this? Uh, after this, I go into New Jersey, um, where I, you know, I said I was starting to enjoy it. And at this point, uh, I, st- I don't have my tent. And it is coming into mosquito and fly season. And this is what you seek to avoid by going northbound. You still get it, but it's not as bad. Um, where I would walk for stretches, um into like New Jersey and especially into New York where flies would just follow me horse flies for half a mile before another one would that one would go and another one would continue to follow me or at nighttime mosquitoes would buzz about your uh, face if you weren't in your tent you could just hear their like and you knew that they were about to bite you Uh and so even with a mosquito net on they would still get you uh, so this is mostly my memories of New Jersey. It's just being uh, eaten alive? Be, yes, because I didn't have a tent. One night I cowboy camped um, with the trailer park boys in New Jersey. And we thought it would be awesome. It was a beautiful night. The stars were out. And I had a line uh, around the uh, the snap of my mosquito net uh-huh. where I had it too close to my face. And so instead of it, like, bulging away from your your face, like like a beekeeper suit or something, yeah. it was too close so they could still get me. <laughs> so I had, no exaggeration, 20 to 30 mosquito bites on my face. Oh, my God. And it was horrible. Wait, cowboy camp? Yeah. So the term just refers to, like, old school cowboys. They would kind of grab their pack, put it behind their head, and they'd sleep on the ground next to the fire. Oh, like bear, bare minimum. Yep. Yeah, so we did that because there were a lot... In the north, there were a lot of, like, pavilions and very nice kind of campsites in the AT that, you know, that people would do that at. Okay. How were the stars in New Jersey? Uh, Man, they were amazing. Uh, I can't say New Jersey specifically, but, like, uh, I may have mentioned of, like, night hiking and day hiking and just being out there. The nighttime was definitely the best part for me. Yeah. Because I just loved the stars. Yeah, and they were, like, you know, way brighter than if you were near civilization and everything. Yeah, especially in, like, Maine and New Hampshire, where it becomes a little bit more sparse from towns. You can't just get to one every three days. It was very beautiful out there. Awesome. Uh, So, other than that, uh, Jersey, pretty boggy. Lots of marshes um, that we go through, but also a really cool boardwalk over, like, like, the trail... Instead of becoming a dirt path or a rock path like in Pennsylvania, it becomes a wooden boardwalk about uh, the length of a table, perhaps, the width of a table, uh, that just went for, say, five to ten miles. It was really cool. Huh. 
and it was a very touristy area, but it was just super beautiful. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So other than the mosquitoes, that was one thing that I remembered about New Jersey that was amazing. Um, so New Jersey, maybe not such a bad place. Not terrible. Uh, it was a shorter section. Oh, and I forgot. Uh, I saw my first bear here. Oh, you did? Yes. So uh, I, actually the first one I saw was kind of lame. I was at a an outdoor center where like you could go and you could stay there. And it was like directly on the trail. And so I stayed and it was in the trash can. And I was like, man, I couldn't just go to Gatlinburg or a <laughs> nearby touristy location and see bears. Yeah, hanging out in a, near a trash can. Yeah, and I was like, that's cool. And then, sure enough, uh, as I'm getting very close to the New Jersey-New York border, which was really cool, you like climb up a rock face and there's an American flag as you get to New York. Huh. Pretty cool. Uh, in the valley there, I'm jamming out to some music and uh it's very loud so i can't hear anything and i just stop dead in my tracks and a giant bear uh probably i don't want to exaggerate maybe three four feet off the ground it was much bigger than the one i saw in the trash must have been i don't know if males or females are bigger but i don't either i think the males are typically bigger but the females can be pretty big too so who knows but But it was bulky but it was huge it was very thick and it walked horizontally across the path, and I just stopped about 40, 50 feet away. As soon as I noticed it, it didn't look at me. It didn't, like, stop its walk once. It just walked by and uh, eventually went out of my sight, and I kept walking. But huh. it was, there was a moment of, like, this thing could potentially kill me right now. Like, I could die. Yeah, yeah, and you're just like, please go by, please go. Okay, yeah. good. And as, even after it, like, had passed directly in front of me i was still scared but it it changed from like um me being terrified to me being in like awe and beauty of how like just cool it was that i'd never seen that up close yeah and exposed were you uh happy at that time that you'd only carry been carrying dry foods and nothing that smells really strong (laughs) yes (laughs) like why did i pick now to bring sandwich meat with me (laughs) no but truth be told uh Black bears, especially on the East Coast, they're very skittish. Um, That's true, yeah. They would have just, if anything, it would have bluff-charged me if I had been near like, it. Get out of the way. Yeah, and some, sometimes they'll do that just to scare you and tell you that they don't want you near them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't come across one without cubs or something, even if it like broke into your tent and tried to steal food, it's not trying to kill you. It's just hungry, and it just wants you away from it. Not like a grizzly. Uh, yeah, if you see a grizzly, like if I ever do the Pacific Crest Trail, mm-hmm. and I see a grizzly bear, and it decides it wants to go after me, I'm dead. You will die. Yeah, your chances are very small. You basically, you can like jump off a cliff and hope for the best. They tell you the best thing you can do with a grizzly if you're not armed, which even then you might still die, uh, is to play dead. Yeah. Because they hunt for game. For that, sport. Yeah. I'm going to still recommend to anyone listening that you jump off a cliff and hope for the best. Yeah, what could go wrong? (laughs) Haven't you seen movies? Every time you jump off a cliff, there's always at least one branch, and then you can grab onto that branch, and the bear can't get to you, and then you can wait till it leaves, and you just climb up. Yeah. No big deal. Leave it on a cliffhanger, literally. But on... So that's awesome, man. So you you got to see a bear as you were leaving New Jersey and going into New York. Yeah, and uh, New York only gets better. Like, I swear, the farther north I go, the better it got for me. Do you think that was because of, like, 
circumstance as far as like it just was that way? Or do you think that maybe it was also because you were so in the game early on and now you were like stopping to smell the roses? Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. And I think I wanted to be alone and I wanted to concentrate and think early on about everything. And then at the end, I was like, I've got this, like I can do this. And I wanted to be with people at that point and entertain myself and have fun along the way. It wasn't so much of a impossible task that I you get the best of both worlds. You Hannah Montana did. <laughs> you got the the first half was really uh, introspective and thoughtful, and then the second half you just get to get into shenanigans and meet some people and see some wonders. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So, uh, did you meet anyone uh, at this point, like when you're getting into New York? So very close, uh, at the end of New York or close to end, I do meet a group that I hike with for quite some time. Before I get there, um, I did have some friends I was meeting very soon as, as I got into New York. Um, I got to go through some very beautiful areas with, uh, very old forests. So we had seen a lot of newer forests where the overgrowth and the trees aren't so massive and they haven't been around for as long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in New York, the parks you go through are a lot bigger as, as far as the trees go. They're almost like, they're not like redwoods, but they're like... They're like towering above you? Yes. So it was really cool. So a stark difference then. Like you can easily tell the difference when you're standing in one. No one has to tell you. Yeah. The landscape changed, I felt like, when I got in New York. Okay. Yeah. And so it was really cool, uh, but also kind of sucked... To an extent, because you think New York and you think dirty. That's what I think. Because of think New, York New York City? Yeah. But it's, it's even though it's distance from the city, and really it's, there are rural parts of New York that we don't think about. Yeah, it's um, a whole state. <laughs> right. Uh, but the water held very true to how I thought New York would be. Uh, the water was brown. Oh. And it wasn't necessarily bad. I heard that a lot of the brown water had to do with the coloration of the leaves in the water. Okay, so nothing nefarious. But, for whatever reason, uh, they still left water jugs at every trailhead, so... So maybe something nefarious. Maybe there was something. They're like, we, we're pretty sure it's this, but just in case, you better have some water jugs. Yeah, so that I had to deal with that. Um, that was kind of one of the big tribulations of uh, New York. Did you still have your uh, your water strainer? I did, but... It only helps with so many things. Okay. Yeah. You can't expect it to do everything then, huh? Yeah. Majorly, it just kind of protects you from, I want to say, Giardia more so, but there were certain, like, viruses and things. That you that, can still get. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Um, so, anyways, I was meeting up with some friends in New York, and I was really excited to meet my friends who live in Rhode Island. I was looking forward to it for quite some time, and so... Uh, we agree upon a decent state to meet in between us, or city, is Pauling, New York. Okay. Which is where... Wait, did you say Pauly or Pauline? Pauling. Pauling? Pauling, New York. (laughs) Yeah. Right there. Pauling, New York. Pauling, New York, huh? Yes. With a G. Okay, got it. And very cool town. Not that far from New York City. Actually, at one shelter nearby, you could see New York City. It was like an over... Uh, overlook to the city, but it was really foggy when I was up there. Oh, but you could still see the buildings towering. That's cool. Uh, hey, a view is a view. It was very cool. Very beautiful. Um, but so I meet my friends in Pauling. Um, before I meet them, uh, I have to, I get there early and like a day early 
and uh, I decide to go to a bar in Pauling, and I just want to get really drunk because they have a pavilion in town that all the hikers stay at. Mm-hmm. Just a very large place. You kind of cowboy camp under the uh, pavilion, mm-hmm. and so I didn't have to walk very far. So. Uh, I started very early, drinking around 2, 3 o'clock. And <laughs> Day drinking. Yes. And I meet somebody. Uh, I'll just divulge her name. I don't think it's too... Uh, yeah. No one's going to find her. Just say her first name. Yeah. So I run into a, a lady named Chrissy. Mm-hmm. She is uh, like 48 or 50. She's much older than I am. Uh, and initially I try and talk to her because there's a guy who's talking my ear off and he's also from the same city and he was like recently divorced and like unhappy and I was just talking to him and he was looking for a girl so I just I'm like hey there's a girl right here why don't you talk to her and so I try to wingman him but he is very uh weird and kind of pushy in what he says and immediately you know when he leaves to go to the bathroom she's like yeah I don't want to talk to this guy people who are newly divorced it seems to be a thing that they just can't help themselves but go to a bar and try to talk to people when they're newly divorced, even though usually it's not a good idea and usually it does not end well. No, no. <laughs> and in this case, it didn't. And I think for whatever reason, he ended up hurt and wanted to leave. And he left, not under like terrible terms, but he didn't want to be there. Let's be honest. He was probably hurting when he got there. Yeah, Probably. I mean, you're drinking at 2, 3 in the afternoon. Yeah, and you're talking about new, being newly divorced to a stranger. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I talked to this this lady, and she's like, hey, you would you like to get out of here? I'll show you around the town, buy you some drinks. Um, oh. And I was like, yes, I like free alcohol, which I took advantage of the whole day. I got uh, counted 14 drinks. Were you drinking cocktails? Cocktails, beers, shots, whatever she bought me, I drank. And she bought me dinner, too. She's very nice. Thank you, Chrissy. <laughs> Where'd you, oh, what kind of dinner did you guys have? Uh, just bar food. Uh, we stayed in bars almost the entire night. But it was cool because I got to meet a lot of the locals and people that she knew. And I even, I don't remember any of it, but I, I remember her giving me some of the drama of the town as well. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so it was like, for a night, it was almost like I was part of the town or something yeah yeah you're getting like an intimate snapshot of the town yeah like wow what so much drama in this town chrissy there's and you know it all over there yeah <laughs> you won't believe what he's done he's got five daughters one's his mother no that'd be more like tennessee but... <laughs> <laughs> definitely some drama for sure so so chrissy so okay so you guys are going around town you're having the uh drinks and she's buying you food and everything yeah, and eventually there's kind of a mutual understanding. I don't know if she was hitting on me or not. Uh, we ended up sleeping on the same couch together, and there's just this understanding of like, yes, we're both drunk, but this is weird, and neither of us are comfortable with doing anything else. And so mm-hmm. we just fall asleep, and it was a great night. Adorable. Yeah. Adorable, I say. Adorable and strange. <laughs> <laughs> and then she, she, did she uh, see you off back to the trail the next day? Yeah, she dropped me off to meet up with my friends who were going to buy me beers the next day. But needless to say, yeah. I turned almost all of them down. You're like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after this, I run into a major group at the end of New York, which I believe next goes into Massachusetts. Uh, and I run into the ABC squad, which, uh, stands for each of our, uh, initials. 
I'm going to forego one of the initials just, just to because. protect this person's identity. Um, but uh, the other people, myself being clockwork and my buddy Ar uh, Armor that I run into. And... So, Armor. Yes. Okay. And he is, uh, I want to say Norwegian. He's definitely European. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's a an, uh, very cool guy. Okay. So, I run into them at the end of New York. Well, wait, uh, so Armor and the other one whose name not we're, gonna we're not going to divulge? We'll call her B. Okay, so Armor is the A, she's the B, and, and you the are C. the C. Gotcha, the ABC. Right, so we're the ABC squad, and I run into them uh, at a, we'll call this hut. I've kind of been slipping the word here and there. Um, mostly we've seen shelters so far, but mm -hmm. in the north, the people know how to hike and build cabins and they actually create a, a much larger hut with like bunk houses. It's almost like a basic hostel on the trail. So there's a couple of those and we meet at one of these that serves blueberry pancakes and it's just donations. So you could donate a couple bucks and eat some blueberry pancakes for breakfast. Nice. So... We meet there, and why I talked about the Degenerates is because one of them was there who had broken away from the, de the Degenerates and hung out with us, and we had all gotten on the topic of nude hiking, which is a thing. All right, uh, I'm here. I'm here for it. So, for whatever reason, like we'd said, uh, when people are together, I feel like chaos starts to ensue the longer that you know one another, and people get weird. Okay. Um, and especially on the trail. Yeah. Especially when there aren't like rules rules. Yeah. Necessarily. What are uh, rules anymore, man? They don't exist out here. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're sitting there talking about this nude calendar. They're going to make the degenerates. Uh, awesome. And I was like, well, that's cool. And so, um, we're all hitting it off, just sharing ridiculous stories and things we've done. Um, and I make a connection with both armor and B at this point uh, when we leave. And uh, we, from there, oh, sorry. Armor and B. Uh, okay. Yeah, from there we uh, continue to keep hitting the same shelters together, like whether by choice or just luck, uh, we end up at the next shelter together and we form our group. Um, Wait, did you take part in the nude calendar? Uh, eventually I did. Okay. So we took this and Groups kind of had their own notoriety and, like, also uh, famousness as well. And so once we formed a squad, we're like, well, we got to outdo these guys. Yeah. Um, so this happens after we kind of form a little bit of a bond. So, yeah, yeah, after you guys are hiking with each other for a little bit. Yeah, we're all kind of on the same page. We're very relaxed, very nice people. Um, and we continue to stay together in shelters. And eventually... We, we decide to get a hotel together. Uh, now, Armor and B had known each other previously. Uh, they had met in, like, Virginia. Uh, so I was the new addition to their group. But another person and, an, and another group of two all wanted to hang out in the same town. So we got a hotel, and they got a hotel very uh, nearby. So we're also going to introduce S'mores and Torino and Webster. Whom S'mores, I, I Torino, and Webster. Uh-huh. Gotcha. So, uh, description-wise, uh, I'm in my 20s, so is B. Armor's, like, in his 30s. These fellows, Torino and Webster, they're also in their 20s, a little bit younger than I was. And then S'mores is, like, 18, 19. So okay, so S'mores younger. is the baby of the group. Yes. 
And he shows it very quickly. I mean, uh, his name is S'mores. Yes. That's, that seems like the baby of the group kind of name. He took the name because he liked to make people s'mores, which I thought was kind of a basic trail name. Yeah. To, to say the least. Um, so we get to town and, you know, we get into all sorts of debauchery of drinking and playing uh, games. I had bought a Frisbee because I'm very into Ultimate Frisbee to kind of throw around and just mess around with. So we're playing some games with Frisbee and uh, I run into uh, Torino and Webster at the store and we invite them to come play with us. And uh, as soon as we set our stuff down in our hotel room, uh, there are two beds, so uh, between myself and B and Armor and S'mores, we decided to bunk together. We had to choose what bed we were going to be in. Mm -hmm. So I got in there very early, and I set my bag somewhere. And You uh, set your bag on one of the beds? Yeah, on one of the beds. And Armor had set his bag on a different bed. Okay. Now, for whatever reason, as soon as B left the room, who's female, by the way, uh, S'mores made a big deal about who he was sleeping with. And so I think originally B had her bag next to mine and he put his bag like next to hers to mark like I'm sleeping in this bed. But like did it kind of passive aggressively? Yeah, without you're like saying anything. You've seen my stuff there, you saw her stuff there. Yeah. And now you're just trying to take the bed. Yeah. And and so at this point I'm like I don't care whatever, I'll go sleep with armor. So I do. And that's where sort of the weirdness starts. There's, although we become this really tight-knit group, uh, there becomes this presence of uh, between male and female. Yeah, uh, like there's the a little dynamic. tension that has introduced itself because of s'mores now. He's, he's created this small little, he's pulling on the thread a little bit. Right, and it's okay. I mean, he's not too aggressive for now. Uh, just was a little odd. Still a uh, weird move, though. Weird move. Don't want to sure. downplay that. That's a weird move. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird move. Don't do that. Yeah. Uh, so we continue to hike for, I don't know, I'd say a week or so. Uh, in and out of shelters, all the way from, uh, through Massachusetts to New Jersey. And we stick together. S'mores kind of goes off and does his own thing. Um, at one point, this is just the kind of fun stuff that we got to do. Uh, we come to this trailhead in Massachusetts that was just absolutely beautiful, overcast day, gorgeous, and on the way down the hill, we see a sign that says, uh, you can rent bikes for free, basically, like, you trade off your stuff to, um, a hut in somebody's yard, not like a hut you stay in, but like a little shed, and you leave your bag there as like a token of good faith, and you take the bike, and you bring it into town, and you can do whatever you need. Nice. So the three of us, we had lost the other people. Torino joined us to hike intermittently as well. Mm -hmm. um, but no more Webster? Uh, yeah, Webster was ahead. Webster was ahead. Yeah, okay. he was fast, fast boy. Um, so we all go into town and we get breakfast and it's just awesome. Like we're all bonding. We're an amazing, like tight-knit group. Uh, and then we bike back and it's just, I don't know, it's really cool. Like, you're biking in a main intersection in this town in Massachusetts that I would, like, never be in ever in my entire life. Yeah, for any other reason. Yeah. But there you are. So, it was really cool. Really awesome day. I remember it being, like, one of my favorite days on the AT. Uh, or off the AT, rather. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so we come back and we all join as a group in the next shelter. And the weird dynamic continues. So it seems that Torino, who's now joined us and left his buddy, who's really fast, 
has been lingering around for some time with our group, and it seems like he's starting to flirt with B a little bit more. Ah, so then you're like, maybe he wanted to hang out with our group, but maybe there's an agenda. Yeah. And I believe B finds, you know, kind of picks up on this and is like, yeah, I'm not interested in him. Um, and divulges us to kind of, you know, the other parts of the group. And we're like, okay, we got it. Gotcha. And so he eventually disappears and it's just us. Now, uh, after that happened, um, there is a very awkward moment as soon as we cross the border into Vermont. Uh, where um, there is a tower in Vermont where we all meet and eat some lunch. And uh, as far as hiking speeds, Armour's the fastest, then S'mores, then, uh, then B, and then myself. So I'm always, I'm a sluggish boy, uh, comparatively. So I come upon them eating lunch, and I join them uh, in this tower. Armour's way gone, because he's super fast. And uh, everything's going fine, and a very odd moment happens where S'mores uh, asks out B on a date. On a date. In the middle of the AT. Hey, I know we're just in the middle of the woods. Do you want to go out on a yeah. date? I think it was to dinner or to a movie. Like, it was, Oh, okay. Like, hey, will we stop off in the next town? You want to go on a date? Yeah, and we just kind of look at each other. She's like, um, I don't really know. Like, she, you know, tries to give an excuse. I don't remember what it was. But he gets mad. And he's like, well, fine. And he leaves. And we're just left there. And I'm like... What just happened, B? Like I, that is very odd. Uh, and so at this point, I'm starting to feel really weird because she is a very attractive girl, and like, um, you'll obviously you'll see what happens coming up. But uh, I just want to be her friend at this point. Like she's had two people hit on her, hit on and her. Like this is weird. Yeah, and I'm. It's like you know, dynamic again. I'm girl. Or, I'm Guy, there's a girl. Like, I just want to be friends. I don't want it to be any sort of, like, weird... Yeah, especially after having to witness both times where, like, everyone's having fun and then it just gets weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're like, no more of that, please. So, he goes off that day, and Armour's way ahead of us. We agreed to meet in... I want to say it's Bennington, Vermont, was the next town we were going to meet in. Okay. Um, And we stealth camp. This term... It means uh, basically you find a place right off the beaten path that looks cozy, and you set up camp there. Okay. Um, so we camp together. Uh, she is ahead of me, and I see her, and I'm like, hey, do you want to camp in the same spot? And so we do. And um, something that I've not divulged is that uh, the Vermont Trail intersects the AT. It's like a small portion of trail. Mm -hmm. where people in Vermont will frequently hike it for, like, two, three days. It's not a very long trail, maybe less than a week. Okay. And uh, we've been going in between these people who, a lot of them, you know, they haven't camped or hiked a whole lot. Okay. They're just doing it. So uh, we set up camp, and uh, B has some wine, and we're hitting it off. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, is this, is she flirting with me? Like, you know, I'm trying not to be forward, but I feel like I'm being hit on. Yeah, you're like, I'm also trying not to ignore everything that's happening around me, and it seems like maybe she is. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, we, we're, like, hitting it off, and I'm like, man, I think she actually likes me, like, this might actually go somewhere. And, 
you know, in the midst of that, like, the moment is there, the moon is above us, like, it's, like, picturesque, romantic evening, mm -hmm. and these bumbling idiots come by, this guy and this girl who have no rights being on a trail at all, they're, like, ill-prepared, they didn't know how to start a fire, like, they, <laughs> uh, you know, we have this cozy setup, and they're, like, the next, tr the next, uh, shelter's really far away, can, can we camp with you guys? <laughs> and, you know, it's a very friendly environment. And we just look at each other and, you know, this is the moment where I'm like, okay, there's definitely something more here going on between us. And I'm like, like, she waits for me to respond. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. You guys can camp here. And so they camp with us and nothing happens. <laughs> You're like, you idiots! And so we go in. Wait, they really didn't know how to start a fire or anything? Like Maybe nothing? they did. But, okay. like, they were like, my feet are killing me. And, like, they were just... They were throwing not... out their newbie status, okay. like left and right. Okay, they sounded green. Yes. Okay. Fair um, enough. So we stop in Bennington, Vermont, and uh, here, you know, we have our group. There's awkwardness that's happened. It's fine. We've gotten past it. And uh, I have the bright idea, um, calling back to our nude calendar, that we need to have a group nude photo session in Bennington, Vermont. There were rumors that this town had no nudity laws. And I called their justice department or whatever number I could get a hold of who directed me to their police department. And I, I think I actually ended up calling 911. I was like, hey, this is an odd question. This is not an emergency. Um, I was just curious of your laws here. Uh, is nudity allowed? And they were like, yes, just not aggressively so. Uh, sir, what does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, Click. <laughs> so we take... <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, no, you're not aggressive nudity. <laughs> so like you're nude and everyone's cool with it and then you bust into a power stance and they're like, you're going down. Too aggressive. <laughs> Freeze. I'm a cop. <laughs> no, uh, you know, just not provoking anybody. Or it's like you're allowed to be nude, but as soon as you pop a boner, you're going to jail. Yes. <laughs> gets, yeah, you, you, gets you to sweat a there's little. There's boner territory. So luckily, no boners were popped. Um, I we find a moose statue in town, or it was it was a horse or a moose. It was very large, mm -hmm. and we all did a naked Photoshop on the moose. Make naked photo, naked photo shoot, shoot shop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. photo shoot. Uh, and also, some of the others decided to do it in the fountain as well. Uh, meanwhile, like cars are driving by on the streets. There are people like down the sidewalk. This is a fairly large town. Then they're just like whatever. Yeah, no one cared. We didn't hear anything about it. And that's you really like when shenanigans, you know, started to happen. So this is Bennington... Vermont. Vermont? Okay. Yeah. Bennington, Vermont. You can totally walk around naked. Just letting you know. <laughs> and this also may have happened before the situation I just described. It kind of jumbles together sequentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So you guys got some, uh, some awesome nude photos, though, huh? Yes. Awesome. For the calendar? Uh, there is a calendar and I'm on it. I don't know where it is. Uh, I forgot to purchase one <laughs> afterwards. It's Maybe one day you'll be able to find it. If you can like get a hold of one of those guys or something and be like, Hey, it'll come back to haunt me somehow. So <laughs> yeah. I'll be like running for like a political office and they'll be like, what do you have to say about, about this, this naked moose? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, where did you get that? <laughs> that moose was asking to be ridden. <laughs> he was asking for it. No, uh, but, uh, so anyways, those shenanigans happened, and one thing leads to the next, and, uh, we are, 
our group is breaking up because uh, S'mores is mad and B is getting off for a wedding and the rest of us are continuing on. So we have one final hoorah without S'mores in uh, Rutland, Vermont. How did you guys, did S'mores go ahead or did you guys leave him behind? How did you disconnect from S'mores? I, I believe he told me that he was going to, he was, I want to say a New York native. So he got off to spend time with family conveniently at that time uh, -huh. uh so he just said like i'm getting off i'm gonna go hike with my sister and i'll be back on and we're like okay see ya mm -hmm. uh so he did his thing and we uh have a good night in rutland a very good night um so this is our final stop it is considered or called the armpit of vermont it's like super industrial city everything else has been beautiful in vermont and gorgeous lakes and uh, very rural areas and so we stay there and we get pretty drunk we get a bottle of tequila and we went to applebee's and drank very cheap margaritas like all day nice yeah so we're pretty buzzed and you know shenanigans are ensuing were you doing your gut busting that you often you guys do when you go to a town where you're like we need the calories yes and then ignoring the fact that we're all destroying a bathroom yeah in the hotel but uh so we do that, and we start playing a game called Odds Are, where you give the odds of doing something. Oh, I'm familiar with this game. Yeah, so... But uh, explain it for people that don't. So if I said, hey, Twister, what are the odds that you eat some of the chocolate on this table? Oh, and I would say, hmm, I would say it's one and two. So we pick a number, one or two, mm -hmm. from whatever he's set, and we go three, two, one, two. One. Okay, he doesn't have to do it because we didn't pick the same number. You have to pick the same number, yeah. That's and what if it... not... Because, so usually, if I had picked like 1 in 10, then after um, after we don't say the same number, it goes down to half. So it'd be 1 in 5, and the bet can go right back on to clockwork. Mm -hmm. We so, usually do double down style, so it yeah. gets... Basically, if it's a one out of two, you have to do it. Yeah, if it's a one out of two, there's nowhere to go, so that just means <clears> the other person <throat> automatically loses. Mm. So we start making bets, and it's obvious at this point that Armor knows this is her last night, and so do I, and uh, he starts making very kind of weird aggressive bets, and she gives him very high odds uh, for them, like, this one's not, but I remember it being one, it's like, what are the odds of me, you giving me a piggyback ride, or like, like, what are the odds of me touching you, basically? And she would be, like, very high. Like, one out of 50. Not happening. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then, um, <clears throat> so we get very drunk. We order a pizza. He actually starts losing terrible bets. Like, what are the odds you go get our pizza? And he has to do it. <laughs> and it, so this night, we'll just say, goes pretty well for myself and B. And uh, we're watching Hunger Games in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. I've put my bag in one spot, and so has Armor. And she decides she wants to sleep in my bed. <laughs> and uh, there it's was like a, a game show at that point. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. Like I said, it was a weird situation. You're like, but what are you supposed to do? We still have to. Do, we got to pick a place to sleep. It's just there's no getting around it. Yeah. So she sleeps on my bed, and there's a bet throughout the night that leads me to believe further with her flirting that she likes me and uh what is the, what is this bet so the bet is that uh for a massage like a 10 minute 20 minute massage or something and i believe she actually did the bet 
Okay. And I was like, low. (laughs) So she doesn't get me. So I get her number and Mm -hmm. it doubled down and I got to give her a massage, which was amazing. And so we go to bed and I'm like, okay, like she definitely likes me. And I feel like if you've ever had the tension between you and someone else and you're sleeping together and you're Mm -hmm. like, does this person like me? I don't know. I felt like I heard her scooching closer. So I put my arm around her. One thing leads to another and we kiss and uh, eventually we have sex. Okay. In the same room with this guy. Yeah, we wait for him to go to sleep and, you know, we have sex once and that's it. And... And was, he's, he's in the next bed over. Yeah. And, and he may or may not be asleep. It's yeah, not like I'm, you can say, hey, Armour, are you asleep? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was awake. It was really awkward. <laughs> oh. uh, we say our goodbyes the next day. But what are you going to do? It's the last night. It's now or never. Yeah. Then that's how I felt you about guys, it. You guys tried to, uh, it seems like. Oh, did she ever tell you if she was dropping signals back at the tent when the newbies showed up? Yeah. So the next day while he was in the shower, I asked her about that moment and she had told me. 100% that that was her intention that Okay, night. okay. And so, so you were not I imagining was, that. I was not imagining it. I was picking up on the signs. And we just went our separate ways as, like, you know, one-night fling. And that's it. Like, it was fun. It was out there and wild. And uh, so I continue on with Armor. And he stays behind uh, pretty much the next town we get to. Uh, he said he was going on, like, a vacation or something. It seemed like he was still waiting around for her. Um, but... I was not going to. I was going to continue on with my journey towards the north. So uh, at this point, uh, Rutland was pretty far along the lines to New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. Um, So at this point, we transition into New Hampshire. Going into New Hampshire. So we're in the last three states. Uh, We're very close. And uh, I haven't done Vermont justice. It's a very beautiful state um, with lakes and the trees... You're getting into the pine trees and uh, I forget what they call the climate, uh, alpine like sort of territory okay. where you're above tree line and the only thing that can survive. Are I'm glad you got more specific because I thought you were just about to tell me it's beautiful and it has lakes and trees for a second there. Yeah, it's not like every other state. <laughs> it's got lakes and trees. You wouldn't believe this. Most states have one or the other. <laughs> yeah, so we see a distinction from New York. You know, from the south to New York to Vermont, and it continues on to New Hampshire and Maine, where this territory is much more, like, Alpine-esque, and uh, I'm trying to think, like, Christmas tree-like. higher elevation, too? Yes. Okay, I get what you're saying. The trail is consistently much higher, other than Clingman's Dome. I think that this is a good spot to take a break really quick before we come back and finish it up. Yes. So we will be right back. Welcome back. After that short break, we are back. We've used the bathroom. We drank some water, stretched our legs a little bit. Now we can finish up. All Do you right. remember where we were? Uh, we had just finished with uh, Vermont. Okay, good, good, And good. some shenanigans. Vermont and shenanigans. And uh, oof, going through uh, the trials and the tribulations of the ABC group. Indeed. Uh, we... Hey, you yeah, got a new found calendar unity, out of it. Found disunity, made a calendar, <laughs> ruined some friendships. <laughs> eh. eh, it sounds fun. like the it was the people who ruined it did it themselves. Yeah, I think it was self-inflicted. Not, not thrust upon them. 
Which I think is a great segue to say directly to anybody doing this, or any trail, or any event like this, don't be that person. It won't help you. No. There's actually a negative term for this in the AT community. It's called pink blazers. And it's people, it's directed at males who are predatory towards females. Some females have been cornered in bathrooms, followed, like, after they've given hints of, like, hey, I don't want you to be with me anymore. And guys will still wait around for girls, and it's creepy. Yeah, well, these pink blazers, uh, they people that are just hiking just to try to meet people. Yeah, yeah. they're just trying to cling to it. They're trying to find a trail girlfriend. Hmm. Well, yeah. I guess the trail couldn't be totally pure, huh? No. Nothing no. is. It's all humans. <laughs> We're all dirty. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least, there was, at least there was no thievery. Yeah, no thievery <laughs> happening. Just debauchery <laughs> to the extreme. All right, so uh, after, after you uh, split off of the ABC group, uh, what happens then? Uh, so then... I enter into the Big Boy Mountains, um, uh, New Hampshire's where the mountains get huge. So not only, like we've said, you know, uh, like in West Virginia and Virginia, going up a thousand, down a thousand, up a thousand, down a thousand, big mountains in Tennessee, uh, the ranges are just bigger. You're up higher, it's almost like you're out, like, west, like where naturally the ranges are a little bit higher, but you're going up for days and days at a time. Um, for the hmm. most part. Okay. So before you hit the whites, there is one kind of preliminary mountain that's like a 4,000 footer that, you know, you start pretty low, you go all the way up and all the way down. Is that rough? Uh, it was very rough. I had that and I was super demoralized going into New Hampshire. Like it was amazing at the top because you get all the wind. Like I actually had to like lean forward into the wind as it was like pushing me over i went over and like almost like a windstorm damn and so it was brutal like you didn't want to be above tree line uh for too long because it started to get annoying but initially it was just gorgeous like because you could see all around you there were no trees like covering your view so amazing views yes new hampshire is the place to hike if you've never been there no exaggeration it is very beautiful okay um so I meet my friends there again. Uh, my friends from Rhode Island meet me up there after I do my first big mountain. And we meet for uh, the time uh, before my birthday. So my friend in Rhode Island shares a birthday before me. So we met around uh, just after his birthday and just before mine. <laughs> okay, right on. Yeah, and so we met in, I don't remember the name of the town, um, but we hung out in town. We played drunk putt-putt. We, he got me a nice, uh, thing of scotch and we had an amazing <laughs> To take on the trail? <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, we just drank it between us. Oh, okay. Night. Gotcha. Uh, just like as a birthday drink. Yeah. And which was nice because I basically just spent my real birthday alone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was fun, uh, before I entered into the White Mountains, which were very beautiful. Uh, Afterwards, there was a cool event that I ran into. I was not aware of this person until I got very close. A dude who is no longer there because he got kicked out of this national forest by rangers, which is such a shame. Very nice guy. Uh, he goes by the omelet guy is his name. The omelet guy? Mm-hmm. Is it what it sounds like? Did he just make people omelets? Yes. He sets up a tent in the middle of the trail. Like, trail is right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Step five feet off, and he has a tent where he brings, like, a propane tank and makes you omelets for free. 
huh. with cheese, ham, eggs, onions, anything you want. He goes to the store, um, and he just sets up shop over there. So I camped out uh, in front of his hut, and I woke up, and he made me a four to five egg omelet uh, before I went into the White Mountains, which was a great That's way awesome. To Wait, why did he get kicked out? They shut him down because he was on national park property, and they'd been trying to for a while. And you're not allowed to... Wait, did he live there? No, he okay. did not live there. So he would just visit to do this? He, he set up a permanent shop there, and they had an issue with it. Like, a permanent little, like, uh, kind of lean-to that had tarps and it had a banana stand. And it was oh, like, okay. And they're like, you can't set up shop. Yeah. Oh, and, so, if, like, maybe if he would have broken everything down and taken everything with him every time and then come back and started, <clears> like from scratch every time yeah. maybe they wouldn't have cared or they at least they wouldn't and have been able to get them most people did this at the trailheads like uh when i went through uh dartmouth uh college the amount of trail magic i believe i've talked about this term did i with you hmm, maybe not let's refresh okay so trail magic is when you give acts of kindness to people for no reason just because you know that what they're going through is hard. Mm-hmm. So you give, you leave them beer, you leave them food, you give them rides. And so this is basically another Kinda form like of trail magic. Kind of like the people with the bikes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So these are different forms of trail magic. And New Hampshire was full of it. Like the amount of people that wanted to give you stuff was amazing. Um, I believe uh, Dartmouth is on the border of Vermont into New Hampshire. I'm pretty sure. So before that big mountain. Um, but anyways... Uh, so he was basically shut down for giving trail magic and a permanent lodging on national property. So I think that was the issue there or national park property. Hmm. Okay. Well, that sucks. Yeah. I feel bad for the guy. He's very nice. I hope that he found somewhere else to make people omelets though. Yeah, I did too. They were amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You got like a four or five egg omelet. I just realized you said that. That's that's a huge omelet. It did not last in my stomach for very long. I distinctly remember eating it. It rained, and I hiked up a mountain to the next shelter and found a privy and pooped it all out. So, <laughs> uh, because omelets are pretty greasy. <laughs> yeah, it went right through you. Yeah, immediately. Uh, so, after that, I went to the White Mountains, which I've talked about a lot. Everybody talks about it on the Appalachian Trail. Um it's a beautiful area. Essentially, it takes you about four to five days to get through, depending on how fast you are. And over the period of time, I believe you go six to 7,000 feet. Damn. It's pretty big. At least it's not all at once, though, right? It's just yeah. gradual. It's gradual, but it is like you go up 1,000, you go down 500, you go up 2,000, oh, you God. go down five. <laughs> So you once you're up, you stay in this mountain range, um, and there's no going to town. Like, you are stuck up here. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is about the Whites and uh, why a lot of people visit it is because they have real huts. So these aren't, like, huts that I've talked about before or shelters. They have massive lodges built up in these mountains um, where there are people that, like, work for the summer and uh, they will make you food. They take care of you while you're up there. They like, uh, they'll hike down trash and bring up food and bring up water for people, uh, and they cook for them. And like, people will pay pretty good money to stay at these huts. But so it's funny because there's a lot of rich people who just like hiking who are there with their families, and then a bunch of degenerate through hikers come through and they do what's known as work for stay. 
so you can stay at these awesome huts, but you have to sleep on the floor and you get to eat scraps. So like whatever's left over from the dinners that they make, uh -huh. they would let you eat for free, <laughs> but you have to help clean. Okay. They're like, you got to earn your keep a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, you're still getting it for free, so not a bad deal. And if you're hiking the AT, you're sleeping on the ground a lot anyway, so, you know, that's not a big difference. Was really awesome. The people there were really cool. There were a lot of, like, kids just out of high school or into college over summer breaks, like, that kind of thing. Uh, first job. So, it was really cool to meet a lot of those people, and um, I eventually run into... I leapfrogged with one of the members, but the group that I finished the AT with, which is the Harlem Boys, which I'll tell you how we got our name when we get to the next town. The Harlem Boys. The Harlem Boys okay. in the White Mountains, yes. There's a bit of a dichotomy <laughs> That's a little on the nose, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the White Mountains. <laughs> That's all you need is some Colonel Sanders-looking motherfucker going, I love these White Mountains. Get out <laughs> opens up a kfc and the lights <laughs> but anyways i run into them in the last shelter right before mount washington the highest peak um i guess before that notably i did one more nude photo shoot this time alone uh i was in the approach mountains up to mount washington like a day before the final highest summit uh and I peak, I want to call it Mount Jefferson. They were all named after, like, presidents, important figures. And uh, I found this couple at the top, and it was a guy and a girl. And I said, they seemed cool. So I, I said, this may sound really forward, and you can just tell me no if you want, but would you mind taking a naked, uh, a picture of me naked? Uh, like, I'll cover up, you know, genitals. I'm not gonna, like, flash you. Yeah. I just want, like, a butt picture over this beautiful landscape. And, you know, keep in mind, we're, like, 5,000 feet up yeah. in the mountains. So, the pictures, uh, not, objectively, the pictures are awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, he, the girl did agree to take my picture, but when I, uh, suggested this to them, immediately her boyfriend or significant other was, like, yeah, that's weird. We're not going to do that. And I was like, what? And then the girl was like, well, the human body's pretty natural. Like, yeah, I'll do it for you. And they, they just kind of like paused and look at each other for a second. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I caused a rift. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's going to be an issue. Well, for what did he say after she said that? He kind of acquiesced. He was like, yeah. Like backpedaled a little? Sure, sure. We, it's fine. Uh, we the, it. Yeah, the human the human body is natural. It's cool. You know, know what he wanted to say was, shame. Shame on you and your body and you feel bad about it right now. <laughs> you start right now. <laughs> Why are they even dating? I know. <laughs> I hope Come they're broken up by now. They, I really do. They probably are. So you got your picture then. So I did. And I believe both those pictures made it on their calendar. I know at least one did. Um... So this was my final, probably big shenanigan before really victory lapping it. You know, I crest uh, the Mount Washington. I meet my new group at the uh, the hut before the peaks of Mount Washington, which is, I want to call it, was like the cloud hut. So it's really cool. Uh, there was like a lake next to it, you know, that far up or like a little pond. Um, and I, I met, uh, my friends that I stayed with, uh, who are Guppy and Webster. And oh, Webster, the, yep. 
The dude who was like who just was really far flying ahead. through. Okay. And Torino makes an appearance at Mount Katahdin, which oh, is really cool. Nice. Uh, Beat up some people again. Yeah. But we've never heard of Guppy till now, right? Yeah, so Guppy I'd met back a ways and I thought he was kinda weird. I didn't really Do talk you happen to, to know him. how he got the trail name Guppy? He fishes a lot. Okay. On the trail he likes to fish. He was actually a section hiker, so he liked to do like 300, 400 miles, and then mm-hmm. he'd come back the next summer or the next time he had a break. Okay, So yeah. he was finishing the last portion with us. Gotcha. I've heard of section hikers, yeah. yeah. Wait a second. Is Webster just like that dude's name? Yeah, he was very pretentious. <laughs> I liked him, but he actually carried a dictionary, and I cannot remember the name of the book, but he carried a really pretentious book with him that he read the entire... Wait, did they 18- call him Webster because he had the dictionary? Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't Origin- just his name. Yeah, that's how he got the trail. That's how he got the trail name, yeah. gotcha. And he was actually ripping pages out after he read them and using them as toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Committed it to memory. He rip. was a weird guy, but he was really funny. And um, then Torino, do you know how he got his name? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. No. I didn't get to know him. Sounds kind of like a car name or something. Anyways. Anyways, he met us at the end, and we had Pascal, who is uh, a British American. He was really cool. Uh, He was about S'mores age, but he was really sharp. Like, he went to Dartmouth. That was the school he was going to go to. So Mm -hmm. he was, I could tell, he was, like, way more intelligent than I was. Um, But super cool guy. And then uh, eventually we also add D'Artagnan and Coyote to our group. So it becomes a pretty large group of dudes just hanging out. Uh, so I meet most of them at the shelter before Mount Washington. And we descend together and um, we go into the next town together. And uh, we stay in Gorham, New Hampshire, which if I had to move to any place on the AT, mm-hmm. that would be the town I'd move to. Gorham it... sounds like something out of a fantasy novel. <laughs> and then we went to the town of Gorham. The town of Gorham. There was gore abundant <laughs> all over the walls. Or like a really bad, yeah, a really bad slasher film. Wow, have you guys heard of this town of gore um, it's like Gore-um. <laughs> sounds really friendly. <laughs> <laughs> no, but actually the town was really friendly. It mm-hmm. was kind of, I've been told I'm, I've been hipstery, but I thought it was a cool little like kind of hipster town. It was very up to date, but what was so cool was it was just in between like, you know, a 6,000 plus peak of Mount Washington and uh, like other mountains and it was just buried in this location, but it was very up to date town. So, it was like, imagine going in your backyard and just having these towering, beautiful mountains that you could go to and hike up if you wanted. Hmm. Um, So, we stayed there, and we, after the Whites, you know, we didn't have town for any of it uh, for, like, the past week or week and a half. So, we took two days in the town, and uh, I remember binging Harry Potter in the hostel. It was a very nice hostel, tons of people there. Uh, we drank a lot, we ate a ton, and we watched... We, I think we got off to watch soccer. I want to say it was... Was World Cup 2000... When was last oh World Lord, Cup? Oh, Lord. I would not be able to remember without looking it up. Maybe, though. I want to say it was World Cup, if not a pretty big soccer game. So we wanted to get off and watch it. Okay. Yeah. So you guys are just, like, enjoying it right now. You're like, we're really far on the trail. We're almost done. Like, mm-hmm. let's enjoy it. Yeah, Maine is, I want to say it was the last, like, three or four hundred miles. Like, we're really close. You yeah. can get about a hundred miles in a week. So, like, 
Uh, I finished in August and this is just after my birthday. So this is like July 15th or so. Okay. So we're pretty close to being done. We're just victory lapping and enjoying ourselves. Um, we are not like the hippie friendly groups like ABC or the trailer park boys. We are gritty, complainy. We like a lot of the people wanted to be done. Like I had to <laughs> talk some of them down. Uh, they were very much like scars who, speaking of which we run into in this town. Uh, good old scars. Yeah. He was ahead of us and he was meeting his, uh, awesome wife in this town. She was coming to visit. So he had waited and stuck around for a while and he, uh, they knew him somehow. They had also like, we had had a moment where we talked about the CIA guy and we're like, Oh, same guy. Yeah, Scars. And I just want to remind anyone listening that he banged his wife on uh, the Saddam Hussein's desk. That is all. Minor details. It's not that important. <laughs> they or were cool. like, Saddam Hussein's desk? How many chances are going to get like this? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it. Um, so, anyways, he like takes us all out for pizza. You know, he's super rich, I'm sure, at this point. And uh, we spend just an awesome evening with this guy and... We didn't have a name up until this point. And so here's the scene, and uh, I will say that it's... We thought it was ridiculous of this guy's callousness, which is why we made the group name. I don't want to perpetuate anything racist with the what name you're trying the Harlem to say Boys. Is it's not PC, but it came from Scars and, like... And he's a badass, and we wanted our name to be about yeah. him because he joined us. But he's also from, like... He's an old guy. <laughs> He's an old guy and in the CIA, and he doesn't yeah. care of people's opinions. So we're all eating pizza, and my friend Guppy, who's a very nice person, uh, he's a bigger guy, he orders a pizza to himself, and it is, uh, he specifically says, I don't want olives on this pizza, like he ordered the preset pizza, no olives. Good man. I don't like olives either. They're gross. <laughs> and the pizza, I swear, comes with more olives than you would want if you ordered just an olive pizza. <laughs> Like and, someone was being sarcastic almost. Yeah. And so he's just going to pick them off because he's not the kind of guy to complain. Mm -hmm. And Scars, meanwhile, the whole night, um, I believe at this point his wife came the next day. So she wasn't there yet. And we had a pretty attractive waitress. And he was very much so like old man kind of like. Flirting with her? Flirting he with her. Boomer thing? Yeah. yeah, and like he or he was drinking the Menage a Trois yeah, if anyone wine. Does, if anyone lives under a rock, if you go to dinner with a boomer, if you go to dinner with enough boomers, you're gonna see one of them try to hit on the waitress as if they're there to not just serve you food. Yeah, like they think that they're in a castle and there's tavern wenches about. <laughs> I. Uh, so he goes about this as Twister has described as such, and he actually at one point like snaps at her. And he's like, hey, like, summons are over oh, here. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know, after making, like, menage a trois jokes about jokes. the wine. And I was snapping his fingers. He's snapping at her. Oh, and he goes, God. my friend over here, he ordered a pizza with no olives. And tell me, why does this thing look like fucking Harlem? And all of us were just like, oh, my God. Uh... What did he just say? Like, you know, afterwards we laughed about it, but, like. You know, especially yeah. in today's culture, not very cool thing to say. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, he was going to pick him off. Yeah. No, I have to make a scene. <laughs> <laughs> so they take him back and give him his pizza. Wait, what did she say to that? Did she say anything? She, she was like taken back too, but she was like, oh yeah, yeah we'll, we'll fix it. And like they take it back and take off the olives and bring it back out. And 
we leave and we're like, good thing we're never coming back here ever again. <laughs> I wonder if Scars has a different perception of that night. When he's telling his wife, he's like, and then I said, this pizza looks like fucking Harlem. <laughs> and all the boys busted out laughing. <laughs> and she loved it. <laughs> <laughs> she loved it. Like he just tells a completely different version of the story or something. Yeah. But not to belittle the guy. I yeah, honestly no, I thought he was the one of the coolest people I yeah, know. Yeah, like yeah. everyone has their flaws and his are very vocal. Yes. And so thus came about our ironic name, the Harlem Boys. Yeah. Uh because of that moment. And uh him being kind of the glue that all we all knew each other through through him. Scars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, so we finish up in this town and we're still together, but at this point, it's like, if we don't finish together, it's fine. You know, we're gonna all take this at our own pace. Like, you know, we wanted to finish together, but it wasn't necessarily that we were going to. But we all end up doing it anyways, even though we go at our own pace and we continue to hit hostels and shelters at the same time. Uh, so we slowly make our way into Maine, which is, maybe it's just because it's the last state and I'm ready to be done because my body is like, dude, you've been hiking for four months now. I need to stop. Is the, uh, is the back starting to do anything again? Yes. The back is starting to act up, which is not good for Maine because uh, I'm going to describe a section of Maine called the Mahusik Notch. If you're curious about doing this trail, uh, you should look up a YouTube video of that section. It is the roughest portion of the AT. It's only a mile, but it's the roughest portion, the roughest mile you'll do the entire hike. Uh, so it is basically like bouldering. So it is a section of very large rocks that like Atlas would like hold on his back or something. Mm -hmm. And you actually have to crawl in between rocks and like pull yourself up. There aren't like ladders, there aren't steps like other parts of the trail. You, with a 30 to 40 pound bag, are climbing up rocks that are six feet tall and climbing down them. And climbing up and climbing down for a mile. So plenty of opportunity for injury. Yeah, you, I frequently thought I could slip and die there and no one would find me. Because I mean, they're just like little canyons that you would fall into. Oh, like even other, like there's not just one canyon, there's multiple. So even other... Other thru-hikers might take a different canyon to not see you. Yes. Yeah, because you, like, take an approach, it's probably 20 feet wide or so. Like, you could go three different ways to get the same direction. Okay. Yeah. That's rough, man. <laughs> so, luckily... Your poor back. Ironically, I come across this day on a rainy day in Maine. So, it's slick. And you're walking along boulders... And climbing down boulders and climbing back up them on slick, wet rock, which is, I almost slipped and did die. <laughs> like, like bonked my head on something. Fuck. Uh, it was very rough, and my back was really hurting after it. So, it was very cool to say that I did it, but I was super pissed off at the beginning of Maine. It was one of the hardest parts of the trail for me, just back was shutting down i was ready to be done the end was in sight mm -hmm. and then i find just this new like rejuvenation after that section uh we all kind of decide uh you know we stop at some towns here and there like rangeley is along the way and andover and these are all super small towns if you've never been to maine 
especially in the foresty area. It's like forest is everywhere and there's a small town in the middle of this forest and then you walk into the forest like for hundreds of miles in every direction. Hmm. Um, so it was super cool in that aspect and I think once the hard part of Maine was over, I was able to enjoy that and the isolation, the beauty of that. Uh, so we make our way through Maine together intermittently, kind of leapfrogging. We all end at the same town um, in Monson, which is the final stop before the 100-mile wilderness. Okay. All right. And so the 100-mile wilderness is the last, like, 120 or so miles that are left in the AT. And Home stretch, then. Yeah. And what's really cool at this point, too, because we've all decided, you know, we're not going more than 15 miles. Like, this has been an awesome trip, and I don't want to go back to work. And I don't want, you know, like, even though my body's done, like, I'm not going to get this chance ever again. So it's, it's almost like fleeting. Yeah. Uh, and so we all end in Monson and we take like three days in Monson, right? Cause we just want to, like all of us are on the same page here. We just want to absorb, uh, the rest of the trip, uh, and make it last as long as possible. I also remember having lots of hot spots and heat rash. Because on top of it being summer, Maine is really wet, and the seasons change so quickly in that state. Um, I remember in one portion, I decided to do some stealth camping, so again, camping on my own, and there was a forecast of rain, and I was like, it'll be fine. <laughs> and I hiked down this mountain, and there is a torrential downpour you know, keep in mind during the day in Maine, it's like 80 degrees, uh, and it shifts to like 40, 50 degrees. So I'm in like, I don't have very cold weather gear and it is downpouring. So I'm getting freezing and the trail actually became like a water chute with the steepness. So like water was water falling down the trail past me where I like set up my tent uh. right next to it. Like a slip and slide at a water park. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I have to stop right now or I feel like I'm going to get hypothermia because it's so cold and rainy and wet. Mm -hmm. And I cooked dinner in my tent and it it passed, but... Did it, warm, did it that help warm up the tent too? It did, but my tent was wet for days because I had to sleep in it soaking wet in my sleeping bag. Ah, uh, it sucks. Yeah. So I think Monson after that was like, we're all on the same page. Like, let's get out of the rain for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, and this was a bigger town compared to every other town that you stop by in Maine is just super small. Super tiny. Yeah. yeah. Do you wish that you had hiked with someone during the, uh, the hard part of Maine, the notch, where it was like really dangerous to like, watch each other's backs i wish i did yeah yeah i didn't really... maybe that's not a, maybe that's some advice you'd give to someone if they did it <laughs> yes especially <laughs> if you're injured at that point which yeah it might be and actually what's interesting i was going to mention in monson is that a lot of southbounders are still starting at this point so we are finishing up and they are just starting yeah they're they're heading the opposite direction yeah and so you're seeing people who are fresh and green and they're looking at you. And, and I'm like, oh, I'm like stumbling. <laughs> but at the same time, when we get to Monson, the 100-mile wilderness, well, is very scary because you don't get done until you're at Katahdin. 
Uh-huh. It's the last stretch. No towns, nothing. It is wilderness. Um, uh, they've all done that. So they're like, yeah, I've done the 100-mile wilderness. And, you know, we're coming to the end and we're like, well, enjoy the other, like, 2,000 miles. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, don't get cocky, kid. Uh, and so, in in a sense, that town became a little predatory in their hostels as well. Where, Just like when you started in the South. Exactly. Okay, they're like, hey, take it easy. <laughs> there were people there that were there for like a week or two weeks. And they're like, yeah, I might just stop and work here. And so like, it was a really weird dynamic of people who are like done and victory lapping and people who like, basically, I would say half the people we stayed with probably didn't make it. Yeah. And they're like just sitting around in denial for a week or, or more. Yeah. They're like, my toe hurts, so I can't leave the hostel. So yeah. I've just been sitting here and I'm like. Yeah, you just need to go. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to make it, man. Yeah. Uh, so, this is the end of the journey. Uh, we do the 100-mile wilderness. Um, I forget. I think somebody talked to Scars afterwards, and he deemed that this section was... The ground was soft and nice, like kittens' kidneys, was how he described the, hell? the landscape of the 100 mile wilderness. It's very flat. Scars has demons. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> that guy definitely does. Um, but it's very flat. It was very green. Um, and when night set upon you in the 100 mile wilderness, you could not see the stars. You were like trapped in like a weird twilight that was overcast. So it was very, uh, very cool. Just to be so isolated. Most isolated part of the trail. Hmm. Um, here I also saw a moose drinking from the water. Ooh. Really cool. But also... Ah! <laughs> it was very far away. Oh, so, okay. So less... Ah, and yeah, more. That's more dangerous than a black bear. Yeah. If you get near a moose, uh, they are very territorial. They will fuck And you they're up. so big. Yeah, you could see it from the other, from the opposite side of the lake. It was massive, and it was out of the water on, like, you know, drinking. I remember uh, I, when I was a kid, I thought that moose was about the, they were about the size of deer, you know, because all I'd ever seen were deer. Yeah. And then when I found out how big moose were, I was like, they're monsters! <laughs> yeah. Even the female, I saw one in New Hampshire crossing the road, was uh-huh. still massive. But the males... They're just, like, majestic looking with their horns. Big horns and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Until they fuck you up. Super cool. Yeah, don't get fucked up by moose. No. Um, so that's where you, then you made it? Like, that's it? You made made it through the the hundred, uh, the hundred mile forest with no issues? I did. And, in fact, this is where we victory lapped the most. We did, like, ten mile days. Oh, man. Keep in mind, been, like, 20 plus almost. I know, yeah. The whole trip. And then you're just like, eh, Tim. <clears throat> well, there were beaches and there were lakes inside of it. And uh, it was just so beautiful that we just wanted to stay in the 100-mile wilderness forever. Now, I would caution any southbounder that wants to go that there, the white blazes that are on trees on the trail are much more sparse in the 100-mile wilderness. So only because I was comfortable with my senses of hiking at this point did I feel good at that portion? But if I was coming the other way, I would have been very nervous because usually you see it like you see a white blaze on the trail every like, I don't know, fifth big tree or something. Mm -hmm. I would say here you wouldn't see a blaze for like a quarter to half a mile. So it got nerve wracking because there were 
the hundred mile wilderness, even though it, it is very alone, there were a lot more access roads now. There were almost none back in the day. Okay. Um, so you could go down the wrong trail for sure. And so it just makes you paranoid. You're like, I haven't seen one in a long time. Yeah. It was either that or the weed. I don't know. But can it dos? Yeah. Why not both? Um, so yeah, we did that. And uh, we eventually got through after just relaxing times. Uh, the mosquitoes were gone. No flies. Beautiful weather. Cold nights. Uh, and you pop out right at the base of Katahdin. And there's a nice little touristy restaurant to eat at so we all ate there as a giant group of like six or seven of us and we prepared for our summit of Katahdin so you had to hike about three more miles down the road and they had a place for people who are driving and then the through hikers to stay and you could log uh you know when you arrive there and they give you like a card like congrats you made it mm -hmm. and Did you get uh, anything else uh Nope. <laughs> no, they don't give just you, like, any souvenirs or anything? No, just a little card. I thought you had, like, a mug that that no. said, like, hike in the AT or something. <laughs> Some Somebody got me that as a gift. And oh, I was like, okay. okay. So it's yeah. not something that you get from the trail. No, not at all. But I did hear about, the, like, AT yearbook or whatever that you guys get, the trail book or whatever. Yeah, you can do it. You can buy it from this guy. I want to say he's in Pennsylvania who runs the whole thing. And uh, you just email him. He, uh, Everybody knows about it pretty early on because a lot of the hostels have the books. And so you just get his email and you send a picture of yourself upon completion or not. Okay. So not everybody. And he knows. just like gives you a book that has like everyone's pictures and their trail name and like and it's for like that year yeah and their emails nice so if you want to look me up you can find me and that one you'll have to guess which one <laughs> yep you don't know but clockwork so you already have that clue yeah you can come find me and if if you have access to the to the nude calendar please please email us here so <laughs> we can get that give me the deets and don't blackmail me please um. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, anyways, we camped there and we were uh, a little bit nervous because they only had, they had limited capacity, so you may have to wait more days to summit Okay. Uh, as we got there. And uh, we camped and that night I just remember being just super giddy. I uh, equated it in my journal to when I was a kid and I used to go to Cedar Point Amusement Park like the night before. I was just very excited and, uh, you know, I had completed it and I had made it. Uh, and I just wanted to summit and see what it was like at the top. What does the very end of the trail look like? Does it just look <laughs> normal? Like, is there nothing there? It's just a sign that looks like an easel, like a paint <laughs> easel, and it and says Katahdin. And you did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's really underwhelming, too, because you're up there with, like, hundreds of people. It's a little touristy yeah. place to finish now, and no one, like, they know if they know. But, like, there were a bunch of kids around and a bunch of other people. And we had literally walked 2,000-plus miles to get here, and people just drove yeah. <laughs> like, up and hiked up this mountain in one day and hiked back down. And so we're all taking these pictures, like, exhausted next to the sign, uh -huh. waiting in line with people who are, like, dressed really well and we're, smell nice. We're glamping. Yeah, and they're like, we did it. And you're like, no, we did it. <laughs> yeah. So that was really funny to see. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and then you got to hike back down and uh, catch a ride out. So now you're thinking of maybe doing the, uh, you just call it the Pacific Crest? I would either do that or the, that's the one, or the Continental Divide Trail next. Um, but mostly because of back pain I accrued from the trip, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I'll be able to do it unless I forego some back surgery or something. Yeah. So maybe later in life, if my back gets fixed, I would love to. But you definitely feel the pain now, like as far as like, if you were to try to hike the AT again, I guess you'd feel it really early on, huh? Yeah, I don't know that I could complete it again. Um, eh. I may have hurt my back. I think for you life. only really got to do it once. Yeah. It's not the kind of thing that you really have to be like, and I've done it 50 times. Oh, well, yeah, well, I've done it 75. There was a guy, I don't know if I mentioned him, Loner Boner was his name, and he did it five times. This was his fifth when I met him. Man, he just loves that trail. Yeah. He also had, like, stage four cancer. He's probably not here at this point. Um, but he was a really nice guy, and he... Uh, yeah, he just loved the trail and the culture. So well, good for him, man. Yeah, he he's like, you know, if I don't have a lot of time, I want to spend it. I found something that I'd really like to spend, you know, time doing. That's a good way to go, I think. Yeah, I can't think of any better ways. I don't know anyone that knows the best way. I'll ask around. <laughs> <laughs> how did you die? Yeah, how was the best way to die? Does anyone know? All right, man. Well, thanks for thanks for finishing up with me. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on here, and I hope I didn't ramble too much at the end. I had a lot of competing ideas and exciting memories that were brought back. I mean, it's over 2,000 miles worth of memories. You gotta, We'll give you a break. <laughs> we'll give you a break on filtering through them. Please, listeners. <laughs> so we finished the trilogy, and uh, I do want to have you back. I have some ideas, which I'll share with you later, and then we'll just come back for something else, something completely different, not hiking-related. That sounds good. Right on. <laughs> I'd be glad to join you, Tweester. Well, this has been Tweester. And Clockwork. And we will catch you guys next time.